Tis the season class. LJ Photography is run by a full-time mom and teacher. She understands the last-minute hustle and bustle of trying to get family photos, Christmas cards, and even more. So before your wife yells at you again that you have no good family photos, she's got you covered. LJ Photography is ready to capture beautiful memories for you and your loved ones, furry and human. Whether it be a 30-minute holiday mini-session or an hour session to capture that special moment in time, LJ Photography is here for you. And as a bonus, $10 from every session goes to Lainey's Legacy of Hope. Check her out on Instagram at LJ underscore photography LI for more information. It's time for a Fandalorian's After School Special. Welcome to the Fandalorian's Teachers by Day, Nerds by Night, After School Special. I'm your host, Mr. Giannone, second grade teacher, and I'm here today with my guest, Erin. Hi, everyone. Erin and I are two-thirds of our book club. We have read many books together, and today we're diving into the gripping world of crime and suspense with a post-observation review of Still Life with Crows by Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. In this after-school special, we'll be unraveling the dark secrets of a small, isolated town where superstition clashes with science and murder lurks in the shadows. It's a book that's part of the Pendergast series featuring the enigmatic FBI agent Aloysius Pendergast. For those of you unfamiliar with this series, which I'm assuming is most of you, it's very reminiscent to the X-Files. And before we dive in, we want to give you a taste of what this book is about. So let's start by reading the back of the book. Erin? A small Kansas town has turned into a killing ground. Is it a serial killer, a man with the need to destroy, or is it a darker force, a curse upon the land? Amid golden cornfields, FBI Special Agent Pendergast discovers evil in the blood of America's heartland. No one is safe. Yes, clearly no one was safe except us, the readers. Now, uh, (laughs) I wanted to just mention that we picked this book up because it was a recommendation to us, correct? Yes, somebody recommended it to me. um, And this is actually the second of the Pendergast's books that we've read. Yeah, so this was the book two. Yes. And uh, now that you kind of have an idea of what to expect, let's jump into our conversation and exploration of Still Life with Crows. For those of you that would like to read this book, I suggest you stop listening now because the following conversation will contain spoilers. Please excuse the interruption. Please excuse the interruption. Please excuse the interruption. Can the Fandalorians please come down to the main office? The principal is ready to see you now. It's time for your post-observation review. The principal is ready to see you now. It's time for your post-observation review. So as a teacher, Aaron, we get asked questions after we have an observation by our administrators. 
So you sit down, you go to their office, and literally the very first question is, in general, how successful was the lesson? So what did you think? Did you like the book? Yes, I thought it was really entertaining. I would categorize it as a page turner. You know, I felt like I wanted to know what was going to happen next. I actually listened to the book um, instead of traditionally reading it. And there were times where I was sitting in my driveway trying to finish the chapter before I went inside after work. So yeah, I think I think that it definitely was engaging and held my attention. Why don't you say that about listening to the book? Because the fans of The Fandalorians know that I listen to books all the time. And I mentioned that I was listening to this book and... I often find myself sitting in the car as I pull up to work, thinking to myself, oh, do I stay, listen, or just play hooky? Um, unfortunately, this book wasn't 100% made me want to miss class or play hooky to finish listening. As far as the audiobook version of this, I actually like the last book much better in terms of the guy's voice. I know you and I talked about how it was weird Um, He had a weird cadence. This one had more of a traditional flow. But my problem is I was expecting the other guy's voice. And this was a different person's voice. So I kind of kept thinking back to myself, oh, I like the other guy's voice better. But with that said, it was entertaining in the sense that, yes, I wanted to know who the murderer was at the end. And I know we were texting each other back and forth with some ideas about what we thought. So in general, it was an entertaining book, but I did like the other book we read previous much better than this book. I don't know if you realized it, but this book was only nine hours long. The other book was 17 hours long. So I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was weird. And the next book is like up there too, almost 20 hours long. I liked both books. I do feel like this book, Still Life with Crows, had a little bit more... um, it was more of like a horror genre to me compared to the last one. And I'm not a huge fan of horror. I kept thinking to myself, if this was made into a movie, there would be no way I'd be able to watch it because I'd be scared to death. So <laughs> so I do feel like this kind of like verged on more horror where the other one was a little bit more like mystery, suspense, history kind with like a little bit of the supernatural kind of in it. So, but similar, but I, I can see why you liked um, the other book better. You know, it didn't even dawn on me that this was more like a horror genre story because there was those parts of the book where it was a first person perspective of getting run down by, a, you know, yes. the killer. So, yes. I, yeah, I guess that was definitely being there as a movie that would be, you know, those scenes. And there was a couple of them. Yeah, there was a few, like, I would say classic horror movie um, parts. Just, for instance, part where Corey decides to go into the caves alone. And it's like the same thing in horror movies. It's like going down the dark stairs alone at night. It's like, you know, you're not supposed to do that. But here she is. like (laughs) Exactly. Stupid high school kid. Totally. That was there. So going on. To what extent was the instructional delivery effective in this lesson? So what did you really like about the book? What did I like about it? I always like the psychological aspects of stories. And I thought that after reading the whole book, I thought that the authors must have based their killer on like the ultimate sociopath. So I think that they probably gleaned their ideas 
from um, the idea of the feral child. You know, there's been, I think Pendergast actually mentions one at the end of the book. And I think the one he mentions is fictional because I looked it up and I couldn't find it. But when I did do the search, I came up with a slew of other um, feral children ideas and basically, or in reality, like feral children that have happened in history. Um, Mm -hmm. Basically, people that are raised in complete isolation without any sort of human contact and what they're like. And what I was reading was that they're basically like animals. They can't speak. They don't like Mm -hmm. to wear clothes. And so I think that they, they have no morality. So I think that they based that. I like that idea that they based their ultimate sociopath off of that idea. Mm -hmm. You know what I actually liked about this book? The pacing and the fact that it was a little bit of a shorter book than the other books. I I do prefer books that are about nine, 10 hours over the long books. So I felt like this book was very fast paced. It kind of got to the point right away. You know, it, I think I listened to it over four days and, uh, I, I didn't have to like listen to it a lot extra here or extra there. You know, some day, sometimes we listen to books that are a little bit long and you kind of have to listen to it a lot so that you can finish it before the, the, uh, it gets returned. Like I remember that with fairy tale. I had yes. to like, I had to listen Stephen King's fairy tale. I had to listen to it on purpose right. before the um, return date was up. But this one I thought was a quick, fast paced kind of mystery, which I liked. Because yeah. in the end, it didn't need to be dragged out. I felt like it was kind of a short, sweet little story in there. And one thing I do like about this series, I should say, I've only read two books, is that they do a really good job with the idea of the red herring. Because as I listened to this book, I was like, I think it was this. or oh, I think it's that. I think it's this is how it's going to be. And then I was surprised, ultimately surprised. Even with the last book we read, The Cabinet of Curiosity, it was the same thing. I was kind of surprised at the end who done it and how all these other people was like the red herring. So yeah. I do enjoy that. I definitely agree with that. I do feel like part of the fun was um, we had all these different theories of who who, who it could be and, and our theories changed throughout the story. So yeah, I think the author does a great job with that. And I feel that the X-File vibe is pretty strong. And the one thing that I kind of scoffed at, the fact where the last book had a lot more, a little bit of a supernatural vibe to it. And this book, you were like, oh, I think it's this. And it was very supernatural. And it turned out not to be supernatural at all. Right. Which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah. But once again, it kind of, you know, it sets you up for something to think it could happen, but it ultimately didn't happen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of good to know that in each of the books, it's not always going to be a supernatural cause. It may not always, or, you know, it could be something that's not supernatural. I guess it leaves you guessing. Yeah, for sure. All right. So now this is the part that uh, the Fandalorians usually tend to spend the most time in something is what would you differently if you had to teach the lesson again? So what is something that you didn't like, or you thought was confusing or you would have liked it to be done differently? Yeah, there were some, I mean, with a book like this, you have to suspend some disbelief in general, but I do feel like there were a couple parts where 
I was kind of like, come on, like that, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> um, just for instance, when the killer is killed and shot, everything kind of goes back to normal. Corey goes back home. She's she's sleeping. And then and this is kind of like another one of those typical horror movie moments where you think the you think the murderer is dead and then, oh, they come back to life. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. it and it turns out that I guess the killer's name is Job, that Job wasn't dead all along. And I'm just and he comes back for her. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, after all those murders and after all those police officers were killed and FBI agents, and it's like nobody, where, where was, where was the autopsy? Where was the medical examiner? Why was nobody, where, nobody, nobody was looking for the body of the killer? Like, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I totally agree because I got the impression that it, it wasn't like immediately after it was almost like time had gone by. Yeah. Like. It wasn't like later on, like he was dead or they couldn't find the body, but it was like seemingly time went on. And then all of a sudden, here he is again. Yeah. And I, I, I thought that was a little bit ridiculous yes. on ultimately like the ending of how the book ended. Yes. Um, with just the very wrap up part. Like the conclusion I thought was satisfying. The climax of it was satisfying. Mm -hmm. But then ultimately the the uh, the very end of the book, how it all wraps up with Job being Job. a study, <laughs> I, I thought was weird. And it was all like, oh, we he's fine. And I guess did he get institutionalized and then they studied him or something? Yeah, that's what it looks. That's what it sounded like happened. I was also wondering, like, why his mom never got in trouble. It's like, okay, you could just, you know, keep this person a prisoner for 50 years and lock them up in a dungeon and everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, that the, that was definitely like, there was no consequence for right. any of the, the murders that happened. And there was, there was quite a few. Yes. And I, I like the fact that the red herring was the whole, the Native American uh, tie to the story, but ultimately it was a nothing burger. So I thought that was weird because they tied in the whole scene and they explained the Native Americans as being ghost warriors, which they really were. And Pendergast ultimately saw them as ghost warriors. Right. But it made no difference to the story. It was it it didn't even dawn on me to be like oh, let's make sure we include that into the story. It yeah. was just random. It was. Yeah, I think it was, I guess they, like you said, they kind of put it in as a red herring. Um, but ultimately, the story could have gone exactly the same way it did without having that part of it added into the story. So, mm -hmm. And then the other thing that I was, when we were reading the book and we were messaging each other, I would have been very upset if it was a Scooby-Doo story because there is a part to the story where there's two towns trying to compete for grant money. And ultimately the one town gets chosen over this town because of the murders. So I was annoyed if it was because it was very Scooby-Doo for a little midsection of the book. <laughs> so I was very annoyed if that's what was going to happen in the end. And, and then in the end, I, I, I was side texting our 
partner reader here, our third person that didn't join us today, I was saying, oh, it's totally like sloth. And then I laughed and I sent him a thing. We were laughing about the fact that you, you and I said exactly almost word for word the same exact thing. Oh, really? Because yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, because I finished the book after you guys. And I was like, oh, now I'm picturing Sloth from Goonies. And apparently you were too. So <laughs> Exactly. I literally said to him, I was like, and, and I was annoyed. I sent him like the annoyed face. I'm like, this better not be Sloth. Because that's exactly <laughs> what it was like. He was Sloth, except not cool. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> he was not. He was not nice at all. No. So I, I definitely was a little bit bummed about how the murderer ended up being the murderer. But, you know, you, you can't win them all, so to speak. Yeah, but I guess it was better than the Scooby-Doo story. Yeah, I think it would have been worse <laughs> if it was, you know, someone from the other town dressed up and wearing yeah. fake feet, Bigfoot feet and murdering people. My One of my other favorite parts would be I was always trying to figure out the symbolism behind the way the murders were being carried out because they were always displayed in different ways. You know, the first one with the crows around her and then, you know, missing different features of the face and body parts and, you know, the dog that was found without his tail. I originally, towards the end, I started to suspect that it was something to do with the old lady. And I thought I even said that I think she might have had a kid. Um, yes, you even head. guessed, you you uh, predicted that. And then she had mentioned that she would read to him. And I was like, oh, I bet, I bet it's fairy tales because fairy tales can be pretty dark and kind of weird. I'm like, maybe that was like the only kind of information he ever got. But then it ended up being um, nursery rhymes, which apparently are even darker than fairy tales. Yeah, so. <laughs> he, took, he took those nursery rhymes quite literally. Yeah, really, <laughs> really literally. So... Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was that was pretty uh, interesting or creative. I think it was creative. It was creative on the author's part. Yeah, because that was part of the red herring to help build in the whole Native American mystical storyline that they had going on where it could have been. And then it was just self-expression from a feral child. Right. So, so we've come to the end of our little book talk here, Aaron. As a closing comment, would you recommend anyone to listen to this story? Anyone? I would recommend people that like kind of like a little bit of a bizarre murder mystery type of story, lots of suspense, but maybe not somebody who doesn't like, you know, anything graphic or anything horror related. So I guess it depends. Well, I'm a big chicken. So I hate watching psychological thrillers. And this one didn't get too bad for me. I, I It wasn't super horror genre. Like if you said, hey, Charlie, let's read It by Stephen King or Pet Cemetery," I'd be like, no, thanks. Um, not going to read it. But this one wasn't that bad, but it didn't have that element to it. Thinking about the Pendergast series, I did like the other book much better than this book. And if you were continuing a series, I'm never a fan of saying, oh, skip this book and don't watch, you know, don't read it. I would definitely read this book if you got into the series, but I would read Cabinet of Curiosities. I would read that one over this book. Yes. Which is the person that recommended these to me in the beginning 
um, had read has read almost all of them and told me to start with Cabinet of Curiosities because that was his favorite. So, oh, well, there you go. I enjoyed <laughs> that one much better than this one. All right. Well, thank you very much, Erin, for taking out some time and talking to me and everyone else about still life with cows. I mean, still life with crows. I literally thought the book was called Still Life with Cows up until I was typing this out, being like, hey, do you want to come talk about this book with me? And uh, you even commented that I made that typo a couple of times. Yeah, I thought you were just making typos. <laughs> no, I honestly thought that was the name of the book until I just double checked it. And it is still life with crows. Now it makes so much more it, sense. Yes, it makes much more sense. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cows because it like, took place in Kansas. But, oh, but there were no cows in the story. Exactly, which is why it didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> so anyway, Erin, um, it's that time. Um, okay. School has ended a while ago. It's out. Thank you for being and participating on this after-school special with me. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me.